Check keys on to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the game recap. 49ers absolutely dominated the Los Angeles Rams 31-10. to Alex, it was a great performance, and I'm super excited about it. I know we both picked wins, uh, and the 49ers confirmed that with a nice dominant victory. The hood is now off. Alex is ready to speak. He's locked and loaded. <laughs> really, guy? Right before I'm supposed to say my first words, it's fine. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. That's why he hit the graphic. He knew I was going to plug the channel first before I dove into my comments. Uh, but and 100%. I mean, this was top to bottom, a phenomenal game for the 49ers. It was a game that was necessary. It was needed. Um, yes, we talked about this on the recap show. Or excuse me, the reaction, the reaction show. show yeah. this, is, this is the recap show. On the reaction show, we talked about this a little bit. You and I dove into it, and we talked about Niners one, two of their last three. You kept bringing up the power of positivity with this team and refocusing on you know what the last three games have been for the 49ers. Yes, there was a really bad game against the the Cardinals. There was the kind of puzzling, sometimes ugly at moment win against the Bears, but saw Jimmy Garoppolo executing at a high level. The loss against the Cardinals, Jimmy Garoppolo executing at a high level. And then this win, which was Jimmy Garoppolo executing at a high level but for a very shorter amount of time, shorter amount of snaps, shorter amount of opportunities, post almost a perfect passer rating as well in the process of doing so. Um, you know, all, all night on the broadcast, the, the mentions of game managing by, by Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, when you're running the ball 40-plus times and moving the sticks the way the 49ers were and keeping that Rams offense off the field and continually executing play in and play out and getting that clock to tick, continuing moving the sticks, completing passes on key third downs, second downs, things of that nature, that you weren't even getting yourself into third and longs and, and yeah. plays like that. This was phenomenal from the 49ers offense. And they created turnovers early in this football game, which is also huge and important. Um, you know, the big turn, the big pick by Jimmy Ward to start off this football game. Yes, the Niners started from their own, what was it? Three it yard line? Seven, I believe. Seven, yeah, seven yard line. You go 93 yards on what, 18 plays? 18 plays. In order to, to get the ball into the end zone. That was huge. It changed the momentum of this game forever in terms of what the Rams were trying to do, how they wanted to get things done. Um, you know, this that was big a big moment for the 49ers, and for you to go down the field, punch that in, and then turn around and get a nice pick six as well. Uh, the 49ers defense did what they needed to do and took advantage of their opportunities, and the 49ers offense moved the football, moved the chains, and punished the Rams for allowing them to be in third and mediums, third and shorts. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo is doing what's asked of him. The last two games he was asked for, to throw for over 300 yards because of the defense that he was going against. In this game, he was asked to um, not do that and to just manage this football game. So he's able to handle the tasks that he's been given by his head coach and part of the blueprint game plan they're executing. And you're right, this first drive was so important because it set the foundation for what was going to happen this entire game. They were setting the tone that they were going to be able to out-man, out-physically match this Rams defense, and they went after him in a big way. And they got the ground game going, and they really established it early on. And that's what you're trying to do as a, you know, as a team. And, you know, a big play, a, a long touchdown is a gut punch. It's something that, you know, it hurts you for a second. But when you get grinded down like this, 18 plays, and they march all the way down the field, it doesn't just have, come with a gut punch. It comes with an absolute fear, an absolute, you know, tiredness, a frustration. 
Because when you get moved off your spot continuously and you're losing that battle of attrition, you're losing that battle of will, um, it does wear on you. It is 100%. A run game does not quit. If you can establish a run game early in the game, you are going to have a chance to win the football game. So a pass game is great. It, it is. But a run game, there's something special about it. The 49ers have their identity. They know what they're going to be. This is the identity that's going to win football games. It keeps their defense fresh and off the field. So when they are out there, they can fly around and make plays. It doesn't afford the other offense very many opportunities to be successful against your team. This is a blueprint the 49ers can build upon. And now that they're going in the right direction, I'm, in, I'm encouraged and I'm excited about what they can do because Jacksonville is another winnable game. But in this football game, the 49ers pretty much executed at will. They played the game plan that they wanted to play. Um, and this is what we've been expecting from them all season. It's just finally they put it together. That's the key right there is putting it together, executing when you need to execute. Right. Um, you know, the, the back's up against the wall right now with this team in terms of their lack of execution, them not putting themselves in positions to be successful. Penalties at the wrong time, right? Um, crucial mistakes on second down. Like we saw some of that in the second half, but guess what? When you execute as well as you, as you did in the first half, you afford yourself some luxuries to make some mistakes. Max snapping the ball early, right? And having a, Jimmy pit, toss a pitch out in yeah, space where weird. no one on the offensive line moved, and now you're in a second and 16. Uh, and then after that, you get what? Uh, what was it all? A hold or, or something to move you back even further? After? No, it was a, I believe it ended up being a Jeff Wilson false start as well later it's on. true. So you end up being, being a second and 21 or something to that, to that effect. So the, the 49ers, you know, you did some things later in this football game that, you know, set yourself back a little bit and, and hurt your team a little bit. But when you execute as well as the 49ers did on both sides of the football, and even in the special teams, the special teams aspect as well, um, to the extent that they did, where you didn't really have many misses, if any right. misses, uh, you allow yourself those uh, the, the flexibility and the ability to later in the football game, maybe be a little bit more aggressive, maybe try and do some things. We saw a couple times where even Kittle, trying to fire off and make sure that he sealed his block and got his guy in space, jumped a little early. You know, those types of things don't hurt you later in a football game if you're playing with a lead or you've been executing at a high level in which you have full confidence that you can go down the field and do what you want to do when you need to do it. Um, and we also saw two uh, another thing from the 49ers that was huge, no turnovers, right? And then also no drops, something that has not been something the 49ers wide receiving room has done. Um, right. they, have ten, they have tended to drop the football two to three times a game at the wrong times each and every week. This week, no drops. Clean football game, Ant. Um, clean start to finish on both sides of the football. And it was extremely, extremely needed from this team against a Rams team that is extremely high-powered. You know, Megan at one point turned to me and said, you know, hey, you can relax a little bit. And I just got to lead us. Eh, this is the Rams. This is the Rams we're talking about. This isn't Jacksonville. Uh, th this isn't, you know, the Bungles playing like the Bungles. Right? This is not the Jets. We're, we're, this isn't the Giants. This is not... This is a team that at any point in time could go down the field in three plays and score a touchdown, uh, mm -hmm. one play and score a touchdown. Um, I am not going to be comfortable with this lead until we get ourselves up three plus scores and have full momentum. And, or, you know, after we go up three scores, we get a couple of stops on some drives. And we did. We got up 24 seven and got the three and out after that. And she looked at me and she's like, you feel better now? And I was like, yes, yes. I feel like this team has complete control of this football game. And I had no longer have any worries. I can relax a little bit now. Um, I, this team is in the driver's seat. They've now shown it. They did the thing that I needed for them to feel comfortable in this game, where as a fan, I could sit there and watch it and go, this team is in complete control. They're controlling both sides of the football. They're not letting their foot off the gas. Um, it's something that you know we haven't seen consistently from this team this season. And now, Ant, second half of the year is upon us, right. and we just saw it in a huge way. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things was they did, they did what they needed to do. You talked about those penalties that they had in that situation where they got second and 21. 
And what they realize is in that situation against this football team, what we're going to do is we're going to play for three. Um, so they try to get five here and try to get a little bit more here and just get in a better situation where Robbie could, Gold could convert on the field goal, and he did. Um, so they walked away with points. So they were consistently making enough plays to be able to keep the Rams off, you know, off target and you know, off balance. And that's what you have to do against a team like that. And I thought the Fortnite executed in a big time way. And they were able to really get this game going. And um it was it was a, a really start to finish victory for the 49ers. And the way they handled it um was impressive. I think everyone walking away from this film, especially um the 49ers themselves, are gonna be happy with it. I'm sure there's still gonna be some mistakes that they have to clean up. There isn't every single football game. What? Never gonna play a perfect football game. Um, but as far as execution and timely manners and when you needed to, they handled business, they overcame mistakes. And they didn't make critical mistakes themselves. And when the Rams did make mistakes, they capitalized. It wasn't on all of them, but it was on enough to completely change this game. Because that interception by Jimmy Ward, um, where he returned it for a, a touchdown to, for the 14-point lead, was an absolute huge play in the game. Yeah, a stop is big, but a turnover and a pick six is a momentum shift like a tidal wave. And the 49ers rode that wave all the way to a victory. No one's going to be talking trash about the 49ers celebrating in the end zone after that interception for a touchdown on this one. Celebrate all you want. Keep that same energy and bring it to every single game. I have no problem with it. Um, but I, I like the attitude and the the way that they were playing in this game, especially early on. This was not the mindset of a team that is beaten. This is not the mindset of a team that has been roughed up. This is not the mindset of a football team, Ant, that feels they don't have the pieces in the locker room, that doesn't believe in the head coach, that feels they're not on the right track or not on the right page. Um, there was every reason tonight for this team to fold for this team to pack their bags and sell the season, like pour some of the fan base, the faithless portion of the fan base, the 49ers faithful, mm -hmm. the faithless portion who want this to be. Um, you had every reason to, you know. Did they? Well, I mean, I, you and I... Outside perspective, You yes. and I don't think so. Like, in terms of those guys in the locker room, the pieces that yeah. we have, and, you know, the leaders that they have in that locker room, the dogs, as some people will say, right. in the locker room, you and I don't think any of those guys are there. But some of the fan base definitely did. That the season is a, is a lost cause. It's time to pack the bags and sell. The energy, the effort, the intensity, the leadership, the execution that we just saw tonight is a football team that is still looking at themselves, looking in the mirror and going, no, nah, we have everything, every piece that we need of this puzzle is in-house, ready to go right now. It's time to start putting the pieces in the right spots and making this picture come to fruition. The picture that we all thought before the season we were going to see an opportunity to run, make a run in the Super Bowl, it's time to start putting those pieces in place. Are we a Super Bowl team right now? No. But are the pieces there, Ant, for this team to be a Super Bowl? A hundred percent yes. You and I still both believe that with, with you know, deep down, deep down somewhere in the pit of my stomach, in my heart of hearts. I truly believe that this team has those pieces to be that type of team. They're going to have to earn it. They're going to have to grind and work extremely hard the rest of the season to find and recapture that 2019 magic and what they were a few seasons ago, but all the pieces are in place to do it. All the pieces exist on the board. We just got to put them in the right spots. Yeah, we talked about earlier in this week, if where the 49ers going to rise to the occasion or where they're going to shrink in this moment, prime time in the biggest moment. True. And at the biggest moment, there was a team that rose up and showed who they really were. And that's what we we're expecting. We we're expecting these guys. You know what that shows to me? That shows that we've got great leaders in this locker room and that all the talk about it not being is complete kapooey. Um, because you don't come back from the losses like they've had if you don't have great leadership and a great wherewithal, right, and a great um, chemistry amongst your players. Um, these guys are accountable to each other. These guys are accountable to the coaching staff. George Kittle coming out and saying Kyle is putting forth great game plans and we're not going out there and executing is a guy that realizes that Kyle Shanahan has had his back continuously and is starting to take 
you know, the heat himself. And it's, and it's taking the bullets now. Yeah, it's coming out and saying, this is on me. I'm well, not getting my egg. And the thing is, Kyle Shannon has been doing that the entire time in the locker room. It's just people don't see it. So they, they, they automatically don't want to like Kyle Shanahan. But Kyle Shanahan has been executing in a big way this season. It's not been a Kyle Shanahan problem. And now that everyone's going to see this team take off, because I do believe they're going to take off, this was the this was a firing point. Um, this is the game they needed to win. This is going to get them in the right place. Told, I've told everyone, just like that, momentum can change and your season can change. Um, and I think they change it in a big way. And they got to go handle business against Jacksonville. But when they do, it's okay. Welcome back to the train. We'll we'll have you all on. Urban's Grinders is very happy that you weren't wearing the Infinity Gauntlet when I snap. snap. Yeah. No, I snap in positive ways, mm. um, not in negative ways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's actually smart. There's there's certain Thanoses out there that can learn from that. Yeah. Snap in positive ways, and don't make yourself look like a fool. Because, it, because a good chunk of right. them right now are looking like fools. But, I mean, the good thing is, right, I mean, everyone's going to say it's one game. Um, but in the NFL, one game can lead That's to good. a tidal wave of things that can happen. Sometimes I mean, and, and they have to back it up 100%. But you can't tell me the energy and the way that this team operated, handled themselves, the swag that they had on the sidelines, the end zone dances, the way they handled their blocking, that they weren't completely, yeah, Debo Samuel, 100% completely in unison. This was a team that was ready to go out there and win and dominate. Um, and they saw all this, all the moves by the Rams. All that did was just fire them up more. Oh, oh okay. you think you're going to bring in these guys? Okay. Oh, okay. We, we don't need Odell Beckham. We've got Debo. You know, we don't need Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup. We got Brandon Ayuk. You guys got Tyler Higgins. We got freaking George, George Kittle. Kittle. When, you look at, when you look at the locker room, stop looking at what everyone else got. Look at what you got. Internalize it and then go and take it out on people. And I think that's what they did this week. And um, all the comments this week have echoed that sentiment and what George Kittle was saying. We just got to execute better. They came out and executed in a big way, and they got a big win. Big, huge win, Ant, and offensively, our key matchups definitely played a huge yeah. factor and a huge role in this, and I'll start with mine first. Mine, okay. Ant, was the wonderful right side of the line because they were absolutely wonderful. They were the right stuff. Look at that over there. Look, look at that over there. Um, <laughs> and it started with Jalen Moore and Daniel Brunskill. Jalen Moore goes down with a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a nick there with a knee. We're not 100% sure what it is quite right. yet at this time. Hopefully he's going to be a-okay and going to be good to go because Tom Compton was great tonight. He was definitely serviceable. I don't think either one of us wants to run to jump to say Tom Compton is that guy. But he did what he needed to do tonight, and Daniel Brunskill was once again the Aaron Donald freaking stopper. Didn't, like, completely stop him all game long, but you know what he did do, Ant? He kept Aaron Donald off on, on his heels. He didn't let him just to push an attack downhill. They moved Aaron Donald around a lot on the offensive line tonight to try and give him opportunities and put him in places and situations where he had different matchups, different opportunities to win. They put him on the outside like you talked about in the reaction show, and he got a sweet arm over move on Jalen Moore and blew up a play. But Aaron Donald, when he was having to go up against Daniel Brunskill one-on-one or in double-team situations, was not consistently winning. He was not able to get home as quickly as they wanted, and Jimmy Garoppolo was getting the ball out quickly, which just leads to the right side of the line, being able to have success, slow down Von Miller, slow down Aaron Donald. 49ers run game was able to get going and really use their aggressiveness to their disadvantage tonight. The hard count from Jimmy Garoppolo all night long was keeping them off balance, off their toes, really prevented them from really pressing and getting right. down at the line of scrimmage. That was all positive for the 49ers, though. Yeah, it was. I mean, we talked about during the week, right, using their aggressiveness against them. And they did that in the, in the form of a, a snap count. And they really got them off on their heels a little bit. And that play you talked about with Jalen Moore where he gets arm over, the crazy part, thing apart is Jalen Moore's not even supposed to block Aaron Donald. He's supposed to rip inside and work the second level. And all he has to do is get inside of Aaron Donald. That's his only job. 
and he still couldn't. Donald beat him to the inside, blew up the play. They're trying to trap him. They're trying to come back. Um, so yeah, there's there's all kinds of plays like that in the game, but the right side held up. And we talked about the the film. We were breaking down Tom Compton over on Patreon. Um, we talked about how his sets were clean. His technique was was pretty good. He was just having some problems with wrist control and those sort of things, not getting into the, the plate of the man um, that he's supposed to. And if he did it, he could clean it up. What I saw today, and I want to watch the All-22 film because I didn't watch him consistently. Of course, I'm watching the ball because I'm watching the game and enjoying. But if I'm breaking it down, I'll break it down a different way. But I felt that Tom Compton was serviceable. And what you're looking for from a swing tackle or a guy in that position is them to be serviceable. So all the same negative talk that we were giving to you know Coach Forrester and Tom Compton last week, we need to give them their praise for handling business and getting Jalen Moore ready to play right tackle this week. And Tom Compton going in there and handling business when he needed to against Vaughn Miller and and Aaron Donald in this formidable pass rush. I liked it. So overall, it was a big win for the 49ers. And you were right. That was a key matchup in this football game. Um, we still have no com- you know, no conversation about Aaron Banks. And the way Brunskill played today, we probably won't um, for any time in the, you know, in the future. Uh, but for my key matchup, it was the 49ers offense against clean game um because you had to play a clean game there's mr clean there <laughs> and the four yards needed to play a clean game i felt like as long as they didn't turn over the football as long as they were able to you know convert on third downs and give themselves those situations they had a good opportunity to win and what we saw from this team was an absolute domination and clean uh, factor eight for eight on three third downs at one point i don't know what it ended up being finally because we had all the end of the end of the fourth quarter situations where you know they're just trying to run the football not really trying to, you know, they are trying to convert, but it's a different situation. You're just wanting them to use the clock. You're just forcing yourself to do that. Um, but I thought it overall was a very well executed game plan, a very clean game, and have a lot of penalties. They didn't have a lot of, they'd had no turnovers. This was a good situation for the 49ers, and that's why they won. It's really not that difficult when you execute in certain areas um, and you win the positive turnover battle, you're going to win football games, and they did it in this. Did it in spades. Oh, yeah. Absolutely did it in spades. Um, and I'm going to try and pull up what they converted on yeah. third downs here in a bit. But you're not wrong. Uh, being clean tonight was, or last night, was was huge. And they were clean. Uh, they were clean start to finish. Yeah. Uh, and they were clean in a variety of ways, whether that was, you know, special teams and execution, long field goals, punting at the right time and getting them inside the 10, making them have to drive long, long portions of the field, uh, turnovers at the right time. Um, early in that football game, taking those turnovers and scoring points off those turnovers was huge. Um, getting themselves in the third and manageables, big. And the the penalties that they had late in the game were them being aggressive in the foot on the gas pedal. It wasn't them reeling, having gotten beat deep. It's pressing on the football. Yeah. It's coming downhill. I, I had no problems with any of those pass interference calls. Th- those are fine. Those are the types that you want. And the team that's being aggressive and assertive with a lead, trying to enforce and impose their will uh, on a football team. You know, all night long during the broadcast, you hear the the announcers talking about the 49ers want to establish and assert dominance and being physical and bringing the physicality to the Rams. They did, and they can do this to every team in the league. They truly, truly can. They have the dogs. They have the dudes to accomplish that. Um, They have that physical presence. And when you get Dre Greenlaw back, you're going to be able to do it in an even bigger way with Fred Warner in the middle of the field, playing in the box where where he operates his best. He's operating incredible right now playing outside, and I, I'm sick of hearing all these people talk about how Fred Warner isn't playing out of position. Watch the game tonight. He's playing outside linebacker. He's not even in the box. He's playing out in space, covering swing passes, covering guys going out in motion, and still somehow coming into the box 
to make tackles and stop guys for four yard gains when he's playing outside the hash marks halfway between the hash and the numbers. He has no business being able to get in there and make that play, and he makes it consistently. Yeah, there's only a couple linebackers that can do that. Probably him and Darius Leonard are probably the only guys that can really do that on a consistent Accurate. basis in this league. I mean, the good news for the 49ers was, thankfully, the Rams are too stubborn to go away from the three wide receiver set, and they stay, stayed in it and put the 49ers in nickel situations and kept Marcel Harris off the field. We appreciate you. Um, the fact that you weren't willing to adjust and just run the ball with Henderson put the 49ers in a good situation to be successful. So we'll take that every day of the week. But yeah, Fred Warner's been showing up. Aziz Alshayer flashed. Um, in fact, there's one play that ESPN was absolutely praising Alshayer for destroying the running back in the hole. And if you watch it, it's because Fred Warner took on a block. He takes on the block that frees up Alshayer to be able to make the tackle. And he's doing that because he knows he has faith in his teammate to make that play. But it's complimentary football with all your players as well. Sometimes you're eating up plays. Like when Armstead last year would take on double teams consistently, and he was eating up blockers so that way other guys could play free. That's what it's about is team defense. It's not about individual stats. It's about how you're playing in that particular situation against a particular team and the matchups. And he's handling business. That's why he's not having a bad year. And the people that do think he's having a bad year, you don't understand football at all. That's just as plain, plain and simple as it is. If you're saying he's not flashing as much as last year, you're 100% accurate. He's not flashing as much as last year. He's doing a lot of dirty work this year. Um, but to say that his play has fallen off is is so much false. It's just not true. Fred Warner is still one of the elite linebackers in this league. And the more and more they get healthy, the reemergence of Dre Greenlaw when he's back healthy, you're going to see him flash even more. Uh, Fred's a big-time player in this league, and I think everyone will just be very comfortable with him for a, a lot of years in the future. I know I am, man. Yeah. I know I am. Fred Warner is a huge part well, of I what this. I can tell you're this... kind of wearing his jersey. Yeah, so. I kind of got the big five. He's a Fred Stan. I mean, I'll, I'll stay being a Fred Stan. I'm a Fred Stan. I have that exact jersey in my you closet, so. You, you do. Uh, I'm look, with you. Look, if, if being a Fred Stan is wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> I just, I don't. Right. I, well, I don't. There's, Fred... there's things that we know, right? And, and, and Joe Montana is one of the greatest of all time. Jerry Rice is one of the greatest of all time. George Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the league. And Fred freaking Warner is one of the best linebackers in the league. It's not even close. No. It's not a close. And if you have questions about it, I would I would tell you to go watch film, but I don't even think that will help you understand what exactly well, I mean, they this could. They could hop over to Patreon and see why they, we say it. They could, but they're not going to want to watch. If if you were, I think some people would. Some. The key word there is some. Oh, of course, it's always some. Always some. Uh, always some. But look, the defense stepped up in a big way tonight. They they did what they mm -hmm. needed to do. Whether that was creating turnovers, whether it was opportunities, whether it's forcing Stafford to make throws with duress and pressure in his face. Stafford was getting the ball out quick too. You know, and, you know, the, the 49ers are not going to get a lot of holding calls. So when the D-line is able to break through and get some pressure, and you got guys hanging off of Bosa. Wait, wait, you mean this isn't holding? Apparently not in, in yeah. the NFL. Um, you got guys holding on to Bosa, hanging on to him, and you got guys bear-hugging Samson Ebucom. Uh, Eric Armstead at one point, too, had, a, had a, a guy wrapped, literally wrapped around his body as he's busting through and not getting those calls. Then the best you can hope for is pressures and putting Stafford in a position where he's got to make throws under duress. And we said this, right? If you get Stafford on the move or Stafford not able to step in and do the things he wants to do with a, with a solid base, Stafford's going to struggle. Well, Stafford struggled. He struggled with guys in his face, whether it was DJ Jones bull rushing a guy straight back into him and him throwing behind, um, I think it was... Uh, that was Contavious Street. Was it Contavious Street? Yeah. Oh, so Street bull rushing straight through, single arming a guy straight back into Stafford. Stafford almost throwing that pick to Fred Warner. Yeah, he threw or, it a little bit behind, yeah. Or the uh, out route to, uh, to, I think it was Cooper Cup where Cooper Cup drops it because the ball is way inside because you had Nick Abosa and, and Armstead stunting and Bosa comes free off of it and almost gets his ball literally just passes between Bosa's hands and it kind of just throws his eyes off 
um, you know, or, or you know, Higby out in space dropping a ball that's not cleanly thrown because he doesn't have a clean pocket. The pass rush did what it was supposed to tonight, which was disrupt disrupt Stafford, a guy who's got an ankle injury, a lower body injury, as well as a back, a little bit of a back issue right now, isn't playing at 100% health and is battling through it with a interior O-line that has weakened a little bit, that got a lot of favorable non-calls from the officials to give them some extra time. So Stafford had those opportunities to try and throw with clean pockets um, and forcing them him to make better throws and making his guys make plays and make catches. They didn't do that tonight. Those guys didn't make those catches. They weren't able to continue drives and extend things. And the 49ers took advantage of it with a couple of timely picks and had even more opportunities for picks. I mean, Emmanuel Mosley had two that were in his hand and one on one of those screens where Stafford horribly throws that football. That was a goth-like throw. And Emmanuel Mosley, the ball was heading right towards him. He just has no, he's like, wait, the ball goes, he's, he literally looks down. And he's like, wait, huh? what, what just happened? Um, and Fred Warner almost had one over the middle. And the 49ers had an opportunity yeah. for five-plus turnovers. Done. Yeah, and Ufanga knocked away a ball from And, and it was almost picked, yeah. Now, it should yeah. have been intercepted, but Ufanga was... just, I mean, he's too good of a defensive player, even prevents his own players from intercepting it. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a solid performance for the defense. I thought that at times they played the bend and break down style. They let the Rams move the ball down the field. The Rams did move the ball down the field. But when they got into the red zone, the defense stiffened up. Whether that was Arden Key coming up with a big sack or, or Nick Bosa coming in there and, and making plays. Or just timely, you know, plays knocking away the ball, playing defensive, you know, um, coverages pretty well and the way they're moving around. Charles Amenahue on his first snap of the game, splitting the double team and getting pressure on Stafford was also glorious. Yeah, see, that's nice. Um, so it didn't always ultimately turn out in sacks, but they did get some sacks down the stretch. True. Um, Bosa's a beast. And Arden Key, since he moved inside, has been having a lot of tech, a lot of skills and techniques that he's able to use against these guards. He's just too fast. Um, so I like that move of him on the inside, and I think that's something they're going to benefit from in the future. But yeah, there's a lot of promising things about this defense, and I thought that the game plan was very well executed, and that's the key, executed. When these offense and defense execute these game plans, they put themselves in opportunities to win. Today they did that, and, and they and they won. And if they are able to do that in the future, they're going to win again. Uh, yes? Yeah. A- absolutely. Uh, winning that turnover battle, though, is going to be huge for the 49ers. Yep. If you can keep creating those turnovers, not turning it over yourself, you're going to make the, the second half stretch of the season is going to be a lot easier for San Francisco on both sides of the football. The defense, you're going to be able to give the offense prime field position or at least opportunities to establish those long drives like they did early. And if you're the offense, that's extra opportunities to score, more chances for you to punch it down people's throats. And also just run that score total up early in football games. Give yourself all the momentum, put points up um, in a big way. That's huge, Ant. But some of that laid to rest, not didn't lay to rest, but relied solely on our key matchups. I mean, we were we were we talked about this pre-show. We were four for four on these key matchups. They were all huge, and the 49ers won all of them. What was your defensive key matchup? My defensive key matchup was the 49ers defense versus third down. Um, and it seemed that they were just struggling to get off the field on third downs. You know, whether it was timely um, penalties or just you know, the other team executing. And they were able to get off the field on third down today. You know, they really were. They were able to win. And especially in the second half, they had the first three possessions the Rams had. They went three and out. And whenever you can do that, you put yourself in a situation to not only, you know, protect your lead, but to build on your lead. And the 49ers executing in a big way. So I thought the defense did a very good job. D'Amico Ryans has tightened up this secondary. They went from over-exaggerating and how they were handling not getting pass interferences um, to playing in more of a, you know, a decent amount. They stretched that rubber band. Um, to this level, now they brought it back, and now they're playing it more comfortable. I thought the secondary looked pretty good. I I don't mind the defensive pass interference that we got because they're playing it tough. They're playing it tight, and I liked it. And they were rallying to make tackles, and today they made tackles. 
Uh, you know, and, and we had big plays that, you know, prevented them from scoring in the red zone on third down. They had opportunities and the 49ers took it away. And that was a big part of this game. So big W for the 49ers way to handle third down in this game. And when you handle third down on defense and then you handle third down on offense, usually a good sign and a good recipe to win. And they did that today. You're not wrong it. And that was actually, that was going to be the point I made before I moved on to mine was it carried over to the offense because they didn't just handle it on defense. They handled it on, Oh, and when your O is consistently converting on third downs and extending drives, the defense is sitting there going, oh, man, we got a nice little break here. This is beautiful. <laughs> Sit back, relax, right? Give me my Mai Tai. Let's take a sip. Let's enjoy this. Mai uh, Tai, huh? I'm definitely not drinking Mai Tais on the sideline, but I know I was maybe for a little bit on those converting third downs. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Celebrating a little bit. Get, okay. get happy. We love seeing the 49ers extending drives, Ant. Yeah. Uh, that, that whole first quarter where the Niners basically had the ball that entire time. The happy gentleman. Very, very happy gentleman. Over here, but defensively for me, my key matchup Ant, was going to be creating those turnovers. This defense got to be balling. And Ant, you and I both know the cutback crew knows the faithful, the Niners Empire, as our boy Jay in the Bay would say, did that. They were balling tonight. They were getting turnovers. They were creating right. turnovers. They they capitalized on the turnovers that they needed to capitalize on early in this game to give themselves a big lead to play with. It was huge. It was important that they get this done. They got it done. And now, Ant, they need to take this forward each and every week. Keep building on this. You had six or seven turnover opportunities. You only capitalized on two of them in theory, right? Only two of them. But that's the only two that you needed. When you play clean offensive football and you're able to create just a few turnovers on the other side of the ball, that's all you need to take a game and completely shift it into your favor and shift it into your momentum. The 49ers right now have to be sitting there going, hey, look, we had even more chances and we weren't perfect in all those opportunities, but we were good enough. And that's all we have to be going forward in those moments, in those situations. Good enough. Take a couple of those almost and make them surefire ours. Bring the ball back into our favor, right? And everything is going to start coming up San Francisco. Yeah, they had 14 points off turnovers. Huge. Um, that's the thing. Two turnovers turned into 14 points. The Rams scored 13. Uh, so you didn't have to do much more to win the football game. But those are momentum shifts. I mean, the fact that Stafford turned over in the first drive, it wouldn't have been a big deal if the 49ers didn't go the length of the field and score the touchdown. And the second one's a backbreaker because you get that situation. Now it's 14-0. The Rams would have marched on and scored. You know, the game takes on a different, you know, a different way and a different feel. Um, so that's what we've talked about in these other games. You mean to tell me if the Rams had executed just a little bit better tonight, the game might have been different? 100%. Wow. Uh, I know it's a novel idea. Wow. But that's the thing. They didn't execute, and the 49ers did execute. That's that's what happens. I mean, and we've talked about this before. Both teams can't execute all the way. Um, it just doesn't work that way. Somebody's going to have to win battles on the field. That's um, how games are won. Unless you're the Rams and Chiefs from, what, the 2018, 2017 Well, their season? offense is executed, but their defense defenses did didn't. <laughs> that's the thing executed. is, no matter what, you can't play a perfect game on both sides of the ball, both teams, and then something happened. If you played it perfect, it would just be a stalemate the entire time. You wouldn't, I mean. True. You might, you could have one team who executes perfect on both sides of the ball, right? Where every time you touch right. the ball, it's points and defensively it's a shutout. Um, you can do that, but you can't have both teams. I mean, it's a full stalemate. You ended up in a tie. Yeah. Well, not even that is like if the offense executed full, it would be a touchdown, right? True. If the defense executed full, it's a complete stop. Um, both things can't happen at the same time. One has to give. One has to oh, give, unfortunately. Man. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. So, Who would have thunk it? Um, but overall, I thought the 49ers executed well, took advantage of Rams' mistakes. I would have liked to see them take advantage of more. I think it could have been even a bigger blowout. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not going to complain about it. I like that they, they took care of the ones that they did. And the fact that Jimmy Ward, a guy that's been very vocal about what Matt Stafford is, 
um, you know, took it out there and took care of business and got things done and led this team. What a and dog. he's one of the leaders on this football team. And having him back on the on the field was big and pivotal because he's a huge chess piece that he can be used by D'Amico Ryans in a lot of different areas. And he was today, and it was very pivotal. Salute to you, Captain Jimmy. Thank you yeah. for making Matt Stafford walk the plank on Monday Night Football. And you brought it up all week long. Are you going to rise to the occasion or crumble in prime time? The 49ers rise. They rose like a phoenix from their own ashes, right, in the second half of this football season in the NFL. But not without the help of some standout stars and studs on both sides of the football. And we're going to start with our defensive standouts. Our block is hot player of the game. Let's get to it. My block is hot defensive player of the game is real simple. Jimmy Ward. Um, Jimmy Ward has the two interceptions early in this football game, but I'm stunned. He was flying around, right? He's right there in the hip pocket of Cooper Cub when he's trying to make catches. He's just everywhere. And this is something that he does. And he adds to this football team. And I also believe that he also inspired Talano Hufanga's game because he's able to put him in the right situations to be successful. The game changer. And whenever you have a captain on each level of your defense, it really does help. And we got a real captain in the secondary. You didn't see any problems from Josh Norman because now you have a captain out there, a sergeant, a general that's going to handle that back end. Um, for, you know, Fred's doing a good job of trying to handle in the front, and he even tries to handle the DBs as well. But when you have a Jimmy Ward back there, there's a lot of respect there. And so Josh Norman will naturally fall in line. So that's a big move for them. And Jimmy Ward was definitely that guy today. Um, That might be an understatement. And he yeah. was 100% that dude today. Jimmy Ward 100% deserves that uh, that category. I guess is the is the right way to say it, and he deserves to be to be that guy, right? Um, and he was that guy today. But I can't knock the other gentleman here, Mr. Fred Warner. Fred Warner is another guy for me that is huge. He's been taking a lot of flack. He's been taking a lot of criticism from people. He had six solo tackles tonight, two assisted tackles tonight, eight total tackles for the game. Um, it's technically technically didn't lead the game in tackles because Troy Reader leads the game in tackles with, uh, I think, 11, but three solos and eight assisted tackles for him. So, I mean... If, if, I, well, I mean, when the other team runs I, the I, ball 44 times, I guess I hope yeah. you're a linebacker that has 11 tackles. That's, that's true. Um, and, and I guess Taylor Rapp is the true leader, if you really want to look at it, because he had 10, and he was on the Rams. He had 10, seven solo tackles um, and, and three assisted tackles. But uh, a lot of those tackles were five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten yards downfield. Also, more opportunities. They're on the field. Fred's not on the field very long because his offense is dominating. Uh, true. The Niners also rushed the ball over forty-four times. So there's, there's also bingo. It's also that ant. Uh, but look, Fred Warner was absolute savage all night long. Whether it's pass breakups, I love the stat that they put up. Um, Fred Warner leads the NFL. All linebackers in the NFL, fifty-eight percent completion percentage when targeted when people are going at him. Fred Warner is not letting teams complete passes at a high clip against him. He's been that dude all year. He's going to continue to be that dude all season long, and I cannot wait to be able to add Dre Greenlaw back into this mm -hmm. linebacking core, and Fred's able to go back to his natural position where he'll thrive and shine like 49ers fans want because right now he's playing extremely well and doing, like you said, the dirty work, but he's not shining. And Aziz is the one that's got the shine, and that's because – Fred is doing the job that Aziz should be the guy that should be doing, but Aziz can't do those things right now. He can't cover out in space. It's not a strength of his. Yeah. So 
Fred is mucking up and taking on that role so that Aziz has those opportunities to shine, and he's shining. He's doing a, he's doing a really good job. He's been fairly consistent, with the exception of last week against the Cardinals, which was one of his worst games of the year. Um, you know, he played a lot better this week. That is thanks to Fred Warner doing his job at a level that not many linebackers in the NFL can do. Hey, isn't this what you want from coaching too? D'Amico Ryan sees that he has a player that he's you know putting in a situation where he can't be successful. <clears throat> I have another player where I can put him in a situation where he can help this football team and then, you know, until you get Dre Greenlaw back. And that's what he did. That's just good coaching. I got to, I got to put my guys in the best situation as he's just struggling out there. We saw it against the Cardinals. He struggled in those situations. Let's put Fred out there and let Fred do it. We know he can do it. Um, as he's, you're gonna have to step up and handle this interior stuff, but I think you can do it in a better clip than you could outside. Just makes sense to me. I mean, that's coaching. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. And Fred is being a complete soldier because he's about a team. He's about winning. Um, that's what that's what Fred Warner's about. When these players aren't about their individual stats, they're not about individual accolades. They're about winning football games, and that's what I like about this leadership. Whether it's Fred Warner or George Kittle or Jimmy Ward, they're out there handling business, and their play speaks for itself. And yeah, Fred Fred deserves to get the accolades. He's getting unwarranted criticism, I believe. Um, if you if you're saying he doesn't have the flash plays, okay, he doesn't. But he he's playing good football, and no one can tell me that his technique hasn't been good, that he hasn't been getting to the right spots, that he hasn't been making the plays he's been asked to make. He 100% has. 100% has. He's been taking things away and forcing teams to do certain things and then banking and hoping on his guys winning. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And when they don't, he's usually there to clean it up. And when they do, well, it ends up right. working out and there's no one, nothing to complain about. Ant. But that's just on the defensive side of the ball. we got to get over to the offense. And I'll start mine off, but we're going to get to the straight beast offensive players of the game. And I got to start it off, Ant, because I already know what yours is, and mm -hmm. yours is special. It's a special individual. It's a special guy for this 49ers team. And I got to start it with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is that dude. He is that guy. He's 21 yards away now from 1,000 yards on the season through 10, excuse me, through nine football games. Nine football games, folks. Nine. That is absolutely insane. We're talking about 10 straight games of essentially what is over 100 yards for, for Debo Samuel. And the best part is, right, he's not far off the trail of Cooper Cup in terms of leading the league in receiving yards. But Cooper Cup's got a full game on Debo. Him, yeah. He's got a full game. So at some point in time, that's going to shift well, back. In his... The buy is coming up for the Rams. It, it is. This so, week. Uh, this, is, this is huge for San Francisco. This is huge for Debo Samuel. He's having a breakout year. And they continue tonight. And we saw it in the way that we're used to seeing what, what we've seen from Debo in the past. Not just as a pass catcher, Ant, but as a running option and a running threat. And I, I teased it all week long. I said we could this could be a week where you could see more of Debo Samuel running the football, maybe even in the backfield, than we've ever seen Madden. It's time to up this dude's carrying rating because I'm sick of during the Madden playthroughs having packages where Debo Samuel is a running option in the backfield and him fumbling the ball every time he gets tackled because he's not a running back, he's a receiver. It's poppycock. Debo Samuel can do anything on the field you need him to do. You want him to beat you deep, he can beat you deep. You want him to beat him over the middle, he'll beat you over the middle. Screen passes, he'll take it to the house. Slants, short stuff, absolutely. Fly sweeps, you already know he can do those things. And Ant added running back to that list because Debo is a do-it-all player in the NFL. He's the new mold of what you're looking for in terms of diverse, yeah. dynamic athletes in the league, he's going to change the game. Yeah, he has a lot of value. And, I mean, that's the thing. His value is is not calculated by just what he can do in the receiving game. 
Um, but he, everyone that was saying he's a gadget player, mm -hmm. I mean, they're just literally choking on the word Inspector Gadget right now because um, this guy's been dominating all year. Um, so go, go Gadget. And, you know, this is the way they've been handling business this year with, with Debo Samuel's been fun. I've been enjoying it a lot. Ba, da, ba, da, ba, Inspector yeah. Samuel. Um, yeah, he's a, it, it's fun to watch. And I like the way that, you know, he's been being used. But he's showing up in big ways. His vision is fantastic. Um, Debo's having the year that everyone expected Brandon Ayuk to have. And I think that, you know, one thing I've been saying, and I, I, we had a nice conversation with Jay Hill off air, was I said, I, no, I, I can't get rid of Debo Samuel. And the reason I can't get rid of Debo Samuel in a trade or anything else is because he can do all the things that you can't, uh, that, that Brandon Ayuk can't right now. And that means all the things in the backfield and all that is just dynamic in that way. And I actually tweeted on Twitter. I, I decided I'll go ahead and tweet. And I tweeted the meme, you know, with the guy going like this and, Hey, Jalen Ramsey can't take away Debo Samuel if he's in the backfield. Yeah, that, that's the key. He, you know, he can't. I joked about that on Face Off, and I think a couple other episodes this week that you just do different things with Debo, and yeah, Ramsey's gonna start pressing, and he, he honestly did. Yeah, we saw him on the sidelines. Um, and that's why um, my uh, straight beast is Kyle Shanahan. Um, Kyle Shanahan operated this offense in a high level. He went ahead and put everyone in good situation to be successful. The way he used Debo Samuel. Um, sweeps, you know, it, it zones, uh, counters, and the way he was able to also get him the ball, but also the guts to go for it on fourth and five in a situation where the analytics said he should punt. They should punt. Um, and not only did he not punt, but he, he called up a play and chalked it up, and Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel went out there and executed a touchdown uh, pass that completely crippled the Rams for the game. That was it, 31-7. That's the backbreaker. 100% Kyle Shanahan went out there and schemed it up, got everything in the right order, and then they executed in a big way. Hey, is Kyle Shanahan a genius again, Ant? He was, he was always a genius. No, that, that was okay. never the problem. It doesn't uh, change. It doesn't, I, doesn't change. Got it. I, well, I'm not a prisoner of the moment. Oh, okay. That but I also understand, you know, I've been watching the film for a while, that it was a little, it was an execution here, an execution there, that was preventing his offense from having this sort of output. And it was nice to see that that went there. But I like the game plan. I just like the way it was all put together. He went out there and took advantage of everything that defense wanted to do. Um, and he schemed it up and put his guys in situations to be successful. And uh, we even saw Juwan Jennings make a you know a catch in this game. True. Um, and so they operated without Muhammad Sanu. And I was I was wondering how that was going to happen. And they pretty much used Juwan Jennings to block, and then occasionally you know found him as an outlet. Uh, so, yeah, it was a very good game plan, well executed by the team, and that's why they won big. Oh, here's the best part, too, is when when I saw certain packages out there where I thought it was this was an obvious rundown, they had packages where Travis Benjamin was out there in space on what were, were what I thought were obvious rundown packages, and they would come out, and I saw a lot of deep safety looks from the Rams. Um, Kyle used packages correctly this game where he showed certain looks where you would think this is a pass potential package, where, or he had a mixture of Juwan Jennings, Sherfield, yeah. um, with with Charlie Warner or even George Kittle and Travis Benjamin out there, and you're like, well, they're not planning to block with Travis Benjamin, are they? They're not gonna, they're not gonna run this direction with Travis Benjamin out there, are you? And it really kept the Rams off guard in terms of what do we do here, what are we looking at, what are we seeing? Yeah. Um, and that helped. Um, you know, you talked about playing away from tendency. If you're Kyle Shanahan doing certain things and you know giving certain looks to make a team think A and then do B. He did that consistently tonight with his personnel groupings, um, right. top to bottom. It was phenomenal from Kyle Shanahan. I absolutely loved it, Ant. Um, very special, very special straight beast today because very, yeah. very rarely do we get to throw it at a coach. But you're not, you're not wrong. It was definitely Kyle Shanahan. And tonight. one more point is in this game, you heard the you know Lewis Riddick and them talking about when the Rams were going to go to the four down linemen 
you know, that that set, that six two look that we saw from Arizona, that it was, you know, when is that gonna come? And they did it one time in the first half and it worked. And I remember thinking to myself, they're about to go outside. They're about to run sweeps against it. Because you can if as long as you handle that edge block, now you can get on the edge. And he comes out in the first half or second first play of the second half and gets it to Elijah Mitchell on the outside to execute the edge and completely take away the six two. The very next play you see that defensive lineman walk you know, go off the field and they never went back to it because Kyle Shanahan knew how he needed to execute, understood the situation, then went out and took it away. Didn't hesitate either. Just went after him like, oh, okay, you're going to run that. I know exactly how to beat it. And, and I like that. Now teams can't do that against him. I was like, oh, if you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. And uh, that was very well executed. I liked it. I liked the way he handled business. Absolutely. And, and it led it led to the Niners being able to put the hurt all over the Rams all game long. And speaking of hurt, let's transition right into it because it's time for the hurt business. <laughs> Hurt business time, Ant. No, no, not the goat tier members. They're no, they're not the hurt business. They're they're the goats of this channel they over are. on Patreon who are you know putting up sixteen dollars a month to watch all of our great content over there on Patreon. Appreciate them. Uh, we we love them. All, every single one of those fine folk there. Uh, our goat tier members are are great. Um, but they didn't put the hurt on the Rams. That that's not that's not what they did. They're just awesome and fantastic. The 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 Rams themselves got a nice heavy dose and taste of a, a few guys, including the rookie Talanoa Hufanga, who came downhill hard, heavy, trying to pick the ball off. He wasn't trying to layeth the smacketh down all over. I believe it was Van Jefferson at that point in time. Um, but he did. He laid the smacketh down all over Van Jefferson and, and almost came away with a nice pick in the process. Talanoa Hufanga was consistently coming down and laying the wood on people. Um, a strength of his, surprisingly. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Aziz Alshair. Um, he was filling, and he was he was filling in a big way. And he was winning at the point of contact. I loved it. It was setting the tone for the defense. Um, and you saw other guys, you know, responding to that later. Um, so, yeah, setting the tone with those big hits is important. You don't want to give up those positive yards. That was one thing the Cardinals did the week before was they would have contact, sure. and then they would carry for an extra two or three yards. <clears throat> and it would look like should have been, you know, second and seven, ended up being like second and five. And it changes the way that you handle drives. But when you make, you know, big contact at the point of contact, you win. It's huge for the football team. It's absolutely huge for the football team. It's gigantic, Ant. Uh, Trent Williams was laying the hurt as well always. on the all-line like he always does, taking people out of bounds. And Jeff Wilson Jr. coming through on some big third downs and just running and mowing people down on his way for two to three to four to five to six yards um, on a couple of his runs. It was absolutely great to see. Absolutely missed having Jeff Wilson back there. We got ourselves a nice one-two punch that is only going to get better and better as the season progresses and as Wilson gets his legs underneath him and gets that rust off. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. And uh, you know, you Trent Williams is pretty much always in. He's pretty. I mean, he's guaranteed. Yeah, he's gonna do one thing to get himself in the hurt business every yeah, week. One hundred percent. So I think that those are all good members of the hurt business. And I, I like, I like that grouping. It's a great grouping, and it's a wonderful grouping. Um, you know, we can't put Daniel Brunskill in the hurt business because he didn't pancake <laughs> anybody. But uh, I'm gonna throw him in there as an honorary hurt business member because he hurts uh, Aaron Donald's chances against the 49ers every time he sa- he's. Donald Kryptonite. Um, Donald does does not play well. Aaron Daniel Brunskill, not Aaron Brunskill. Daniel Brunskill, for whatever reason, and elevates to a level unlike anything we've seen. Every time he places faces Aaron Donald, Coach Forrester, figure out what it's going to take to get that version of Daniel Brunskill. Because if we get that version of Daniel Brunskill every single game, this 49ers O line can continue to have 
sustained success. Any chance Daniel Brunskill's first son's name is Aaron Donald Brunskill? <laughs> oh, God, I hope, man. Oh, God, I hope. Aaron Donald Brunskill. Now I am officially your dad. <laughs> Not hypothetically on the field, actually going to do it. Aaron Donald, it's okay. You're still one of the greatest in the league, one of the greatest in that interior that has, ever, time, yeah. has ever played the position. But for whatever reason, Daniel Brunskill just got your number. He's going to try and find a way to bounce back the next time the 49ers and Rams match up here at the end of the season. I think it's week 17, I believe. The second to last game, correct? I don't remember. I think it's the second. Towards the end. I think it's the second to last game. They're going to match up again. The 49ers are going to look to build off this incredible performance, and as they should, and goat crew, goat tier members over there on Patreon, we're going to continue to build towards additional and extra great content for you this week. A wonderful All-22 film breakdown coming your way, an All-22 film preview of the Urban Grinders over there on Patreon, as well as Madden League stuff, as well as fantasy football stuff, as well as just all, all the content big yikes was a great episode on monday it and was, and, yeah. and we may have a special edition of big yikes this week you just have gonna have to tune in but ant man what a great week 10 win yeah it was huge uh, this is exactly what the 49ers needed they've now won two of three and they're, they're looking to you know build on that and beat jacksonville and if they do i i think we can feel comfortable with the the chances the 49ers are right in the thick of the playoff hunt and now it'll be where they're gonna sit you know they're gonna be six they, they're gonna be seven six five um, those are opportunities for them, you know, where they can move up and get a favorable matchup. We'll see, but I guarantee none of those top four seeds want to see the 49ers in the playoffs. Uh, not right now, Ant. Not not right now. And I know a lot, some of you, not a lot of you, but some of you may be sitting there going, you guys are getting way too excited off of one big win. One big win. Yep. But you know what? It's actually two. It's, two actually, three. it's actually two of the last three. Uh, <laughs> but one big win against one of the best teams in the NFL, yeah. one of the best teams in the NFC, and one of the best teams in the NFC West is a huge confidence boost for this team going into a very favorable stretch for the 49ers. They can take this momentum, hopefully ride it through. This week, a lot of big news coming your way, so make sure you're tuned in. And the best way to do that is make sure you hit that subscribe button right now and that notification bell. That way you don't miss any videos. Like the video as well, so it helps in the algorithm and pumps it out to the rest of the faithful so we can keep growing this community and having better and better and bigger conversations about our San Francisco 49ers who have now won two of the last three and prepping themselves for the Urban Grinders Sunday morning in Jacksonville, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Yep, uh, it's going to be a fun week. I'm looking forward to getting into um, a little bit more about breaking down this game and then and then you know kicking it over to preparing for Jacksonville. It's going to be a fun week. I'm excited for it. Um, and you know we have a lot to be thankful for, and we're working towards Thanksgiving, so this is going to be a fun week. Our last one before Thanksgiving, last one for stuffing our face with all kinds of great, great foods. Um, hopefully, we're stuffing our face on Sunday with a great 49ers victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right back in the thick of things. Hello, negative people. Welcome to the fun show. Absolutely, my guy. <laughs> Absolutely. I am thankful to be faithful. Hopefully, we're thankful to be faithful after this Sunday, this next upcoming Sunday with a big win against the Jacksonville Jack. I'm sorry, Urban Grinders. Um, but until <laughs> that time, cut back crew and the faithful. Stay safe. And remember the right way. Is, is always, always the 49ers way.